0: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona, every week here on ACB Media 1.0. That's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community.
2: Welcome to Sunday Edition. And just so everybody knows, I am not Anthony Corona. I am Lucy Edmonds, and Anthony asked me to fill in today because he is out of town. So um, hopefully we will pretty much stick to the same format as uh, uh, as we normally have here. So today with me, I have Belle Collins. She is co-facilitating with me. So hi, Belle. How are you doing today? Hi, Lucy. Doing great. All (laughs) right. (laughs) And uh, we have Bryn Lee, who is a regular member of the Sunday edition team, and uh, Bryn is going to help us out if we if we mess this up. (laughs) Right,
3: Bryn? (laughs) Happy to to help you keep the train going and keep it from falling (laughs) off the rails. And uh, good morning. I'm so excited about today's show.
2: All right. Thank you so much. And we have Sheila Young as our Zoom host today. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Lucy. And you certainly
4: don't sound like Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even want to try. Oh, my gosh. But Uh, Anthony is having a good time in New York
2: City. Yes, I'm sure he is. I'm sure they are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And let's see. Over in uh, Clubhouse, we have Jane Saw. She is... uh, moderating for us in Clubhouse and I think connecting us um, with zoom connecting, I think, and Bryn is also streaming for us on ACB media one. So welcome to everybody who's listening on all platforms. So um, let's see, I think first of all, um, we will ask if there are any announcements I don't know of any but um just want to make sure that we give everybody a chance to announce things that might be happening in their uh special interest affiliate or um state affiliate
4: well florida council blind state convention is uh a week from thursday oh yeah yeah and when when's your auction for that sheila Our auction is may 30th at 7 p.m eastern time and if anyone would like that link it will be sent out on acb conversation and leadership and um hopefully we can get it in the community schedule as well okay all right
2: Okay, well, hearing no other announcements, I guess we'll move on with the show. So let me just uh, tell you what we're going to do today. So for the first hour, we're going to be talking about Be My Eyes, and I'll tell you what that is in just a minute for those of you who might not know. And the second hour, we will be talking about ACB. American Council of the Blind Community, as we like to call it, and we're going to talk about some, uh, all the different calls that uh, go on and categories of calls that we have within the community. So Be My Eyes is such a great uh, app. It is um it is a free service and app that you can download on your smartphones and devices and it allows people who are blind or visually impaired to connect with volunteers to help them with tasks that require sight that can be uh, that can be performed virtually such as... Uh, Asking the volunteer, what color is my shirt or, you know, what is this bill, Um, you know, I have some money in my hand, what is this, Uh, you know, what is this bottle I'm holding, what kind of lotion is this, Uh, anything that that can be done using the smartphone or device camera, and the uh, volunteer also have has an app that they have downloaded on their device um, that allows the, uh, them to see what the camera is looking at. So they can say, okay, move the camera a little bit to the right, to the left, so I can see the label on this or whatever they might want to do. And they can also turn on your phone's uh, flashlight so that they if the lighting is not good in the area that you're sitting in um, when you're asking them to tell you what you need to be helped with so um so this is all done by volunteer right now and the first thing that we're going to hear it the this is pre recorded interview with a volunteer from Be My Eyes and she will talk about her experiences and then um, we will hear another interview that I will talk about after this one is finished. And so, Brynn, if you could play that, that'd be great. I'm talking with Victoria, who is a volunteer for Be My Eyes and she takes calls from people who are blind and serves them with whatever they need help with. So first of all, Victoria, thank you so much for giving your time to me today to talk to you and also thank you so much for your service to the blindness community. This is so important and it is so helpful that we have the independence that we all want. So how did you hear about Be My Eyes?
5: Well, um, thank you, Lucy. I'm so happy to be part of this interview. Um, and I love um, helping the blind community. Um, I actually heard about Be My Eyes on Reddit. And this was back in 2019. I joined July of 19. And so I had first, um, honestly, it was just like a viral video of some of another volunteer helping Um, somebody on the phone and somebody was filming the volunteer having the interaction. And I just thought that was so cool. And then um, the volunteer just spoke, you know, that she um, had downloaded the app, it was free. And I was like, this is so cool. There's no cost involved. And it's just, I've just really enjoyed it so far. And it was just like a thing of like, why wouldn't you do it? It's free. It's easy." Um, you get a chance to help somebody and it takes no time out of your day. And so, yeah, that's just kind of how I got started on volunteering with Be My Eyes.
2: So when you downloaded the app, did you have any kind of application process that you had to go through? Or?
5: Honestly, it was just really easy, pretty much just um, honestly like any other app. I thought it was very user friendly. The graphic design looked nice, which is always a bonus, but not not a necessity. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just download And I signed up with um, just my email. It was just name, email. I don't get a lot of emails or anything. I know people are always worried about downloading or starting a new account with another website. I just downloaded it, put in my name, my email, verified it. And then um, right when you first log in for the first time, and then every time thereafter, there's always an option to watch tutorials on how to um, answer calls or what to expect or, um, like what happens if you don't answer a call. So there's like a ton of information right on the main landing page. Once you open up the app and after you sign up. So, um, it's just very easy, very intuitive very much designed for the purpose of letting the volunteer be helpful and not have a ton of things that pop up in your face. And so I just, I love it. It's a very nice app. That is very cool. Wow. You don't really have to make any
2: kind of a commitment. You can just take any calls you want to, right?
5: Yes, absolutely. If you, you get a call, you can choose to answer it. I mean, I, I know it took me a while to get my first call. Um, and you know, they They can come, you know, weeks or months or, you know, any length of time apart. But, um, yeah, if you don't answer the call, I mean, there are, uh, I was just looking at the app before I uh, got on, but there's over 6 million volunteers. So there is. Yeah, there is definitely somebody else that's going to answer. I mean, I always love to answer, but there's obviously times if I'm in the car or, you know, in the middle of just something where I literally can't answer as much as I would love to, you know, I know that somebody else is going to be able to get that call and I'm sure that person will get helped. I would say that like people, um, the more I've like read about it and have learned about the app and the program, it's really made me realize that the volunteers, like, really get excited when they get a call because the ratio of volunteers to the blind users the chances of getting a call are very low so it it honestly is just like a mutually beneficial thing you feel yeah you get your needs fulfilled from the volunteer and the volunteer feels that they did something good and it was easy yeah yeah and and there are volunteers all over the world Yes. Yeah. And I, there are users all over. I have gotten, Mm -hmm. um, I talked to this lady. She, uh, I'm just guessing. Of course I don't know. I didn't ask, but I'm pretty sure she was Australian and she Mm -hmm. was so funny and she had such a, it's such a very interesting accent and I loved it. You get, you get people all over. I think I've had another person, I'm not sure where, but they had I like an English sounding accent. So other than that, I've only just heard, you know, American type of accents. But yes, there are volunteers and um, users all over the world that are that are there, that are needing yeah. help or willing to help. So. so tell us one interesting
2: call that you've had that you remember, how did, how did you help that person?
5: I feel like most of the calls are related to colors and lights, but I would say primarily lights wow. are the biggest thing that I I've gotten a call for. Ah. And I remember this one time this woman called very nice. Everybody's I have never had a bad interaction. Like I've only had positive interactions. They're always like overly thankful. Um and I end up thanking them, like, you know, like thank thank <laughs> you for letting me help you, but um no, she wanted she was so funny. I swear she could have been a comedian, but she wanted to know these lights um, that were flashing on her thermostat, she had a new thermostat installed, um, and that her i i 'm not quite i 'm assuming it was a relative and her family had installed it um, but there was uh it was like in the middle of programming or something, and she just couldn 't um, understand or see what light like, corroborated with what number on the panel and so she had a lot of questions, but we talked on the phone um, that probably was my longest call too and um, you know we actually just kept talking because we were just talking you know what I mean mm-hmm. it kind of just turned into that um, <laughs> and I had the time but I mean I would say that was my most interesting just because she was so funny she was super sweet um, and you know it, it probably was maybe a little bit more of a difficult call just because there was a lot to, that she had a lot of questions on but um, yeah it was just probably my longest and most interesting one that I can remember anyway off the top of my head just because she was so great so yeah
2: all right well that's all the time we have so once again I want to thank you for yeah, talking with you. me today and thank you for your service to the blindness
5: community yes of course I'm so happy definitely promote the app it is amazing and um, I think it's really good for for everybody to be to be using or volunteering on
6: Okay, so
2: that that was pretty cool to hear, you know, somebody from the other side of things, because I use Be My Eyes quite a lot. And um, like I said, it's a it's a free service. And it's really very, very helpful. So um, the next part of this, we're going to be uh, hearing an interview that was uh, given to me by the main menu live crew, who they are with the Information Access Committee, and um, they do calls for us on the community. And they interviewed the CEO of Be My Eyes uh, this past Wednesday, May tenth. Yeah, and so I was given permission to use this. Thank you so much to the main menu live. Uh, team for letting me use this. And Mr. Buckley will be talking about something that's coming up in the future of Be My Eyes. And that is an artificial intelligence part of this. Now, it will not replace the volunteer service. And as far as I can tell, um, the user will be given the option of still talking to a volunteer uh, versus using artificial intelligence to, to help them perform the task that they need help with. So this is pretty cool. And this is a big part of our world today. AI as the as we like to call it artificial intelligence with Siri and and you know, Google assistant and your lady a devices and all that stuff is considered artificial intelligence. So, um, so let's, uh, let's hear this interview, Bryn.
7: Good evening, Mike. And and welcome to main menu live. Thank you so much for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, you, uh, you you really hit a splash this year, and and it, with with the Be My Eyes announcement of all the work that you're doing, it, it's been a, a, an invaluable tool for for a very very long time. And um, just to be fully transparent, uh, I don't know if you know or not. I, I work at Microsoft. I'm a I'm a product manager working on the Windows accessibility team, and, and I know that you've been working along side Microsoft in reference to um, the disability answer desk, and and that's been part of Be My Eyes for quite some time. And, and, and then of course AI sort of exploded on the scene and and uh, you know with uh, chat GPT and and then, and then of course the new Bing and all of these things and then we all woke up one day and and saw this press release all about uh, what you were doing and what a coup you <laughs> kind of a kind of a brilliant moment and I thought maybe we could start here maybe we could start with just telling a little bit about the story about how did this whole process come about? And then we can, you know, dive deeper and let all of our panelists ask questions too.
8: Yeah, sure. i No, happy to do it, Jeff. And, you know, thank you for the work that you and Microsoft do. It's, um, I think I, I said this to someone the other day, a, a lot of companies kind of talk, a uh, talk about accessibility, but I really do feel Microsoft tries to walk the walk. Um, and, uh, and its commitment is is incredibly strong. And as you said, You know, Microsoft's been a customer of Be My Eyes on our specialized help, which is our corporate product for uh, call centers for five years, you know, and so it's it's we're very fortunate to have that relationship. So so thank you. Um, So I called OpenAI in December um, under the belief that, you know, new technologies related to artificial intelligence could have benefits for the, you know, the, the community of blind and low vision globally. Um, it was my hope that we could talk about training models, for example, Um, you know, we have data from calls and I'm sure they have, you know, huge sets of data, of course, and the talks were sort of just, you know, languishing a bit. And then uh, in early February, they called and they said, can you keep a secret? And I said, this is intriguing, I think I can. And uh, they told us about GPT-4. And it was interesting because they just asked you know, they 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 asked for our commitment to be silent about it. They didn't make us sign NDAs or things like that. And they explained to us what the tool was and how it's this remarkable uh visual recognition tool that goes far and beyond most other visual recognition tools that are out there, and of course allows you to converse back and forth and answer follow ask and answer follow-up questions. Um And they said, will you be our exclusive launch partner for this? And I said, look, I have to talk to Hans, our founder, and we wanna play with this and make sure this thing actually works. And uh, we were blown away. Absolutely blown away by it after testing it for about a 48 hour period. I called them back and I said, we would love to be your launch partner, but there's something you need to know about Be My Eyes and our ethos and that is, um we make our products and services uh, available for free to the community of blind and low vision globally is that okay with you and they said yep and we were off to the races
7: and five weeks later we had developed a product together so it happened very quickly so first of all i'm horrible at at camera placement so i i'm sitting in my office so so my machine is not coming on what is going on you know uh so i thought well i could either you know call the disability answer desk, or heck, I'm just gonna use the, the virtual assistant and I'm gonna take a picture and have it tell me what it what it is and and I knew that I was not lined up very well at all remember i'm I'm pretty neophyte at this i mean and, and I'm a pretty technical user by the way like I'm not <laughs> i'm 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 pretty I'm a pretty short cookie but I have just not been a very visual oriented type type person. There are definitely totally blind people that are. So I took this picture and uh, it, it said uh, picture of uh, a computer screen with clouds and blah, 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 blah. You know, like we're describing a, a windows boot up screen. And it said uh, in the lower right hand corner, it said, uh, you know, activate windows. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, what, First of all, I didn't believe it because so I'm like, well, what, wait, why is it telling me to do that, right? <laughs> because it was a very strange, it was a very, very strange message I hadn't seen before. So I grabbed my laptop, took it off, uh, took it off my desk, carried it down the hall, knocked on knocked on someone's door, opened the door, and I said, hey, what's on the screen? And the lady said, oh, well, it's a picture of uh, a boot-up screen with clouds and on the bottom right-hand corner it said, activate windows. And I said, oh, well, I already knew that. Mm. and I knew that that I was not hardly lined up well at all. And so the only reason I bring this up is because it's amazingly magical that it's able to get things so precise without having the preciseness of photo.
8: I agree. It's, it's and, and, and I don't know thing. how it's
7: doing that. I, I, I don't quite quite my, my, that makes my brain hurt a little bit. And yeah. and I and, and I and I'm a product maker, you know. I mean I, I mean I work in the field. So it, it this whole AI space to me is uh it's just amazingly fantastic, and you know tomorrow is Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And how do you envision this technology shaping the future for blind and visually impaired people? I mean, are you are you planning on a statement tomorrow? Yeah, we,
8: we do have a statement planned tomorrow. We don't have any any uh, huge announcements related to the product, but I think I think you ask an important question, Jeff, and that is is you know what's the vision you know of the future for this. Um, and and I, I think where this goes and where I want it to go and where I hope it goes is that in the not too distant future, there is a beautiful, lightweight, highly functional, wearable device that interprets surroundings in real time, powered by artificial intelligence, providing kind of a, a unprecedented power to the community. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where this is going to go, and I know it's what our engineering team is building on every single day. Um, as you noted, the functionality of the AI as, as it exists right now is quite remarkable uh, in terms of its ability to process information, even partial information, often imperfect photo, and and I think that's where that's where this goes, and that has implications. Globally, right? It's a societal change, and I just, I just hope it represents a new era of power
7: for the people in our community. Yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing. Um, let's, uh, let's open this up to our, our, panelists. We have a number of people here, both our, from our Information Access Committee and, uh, and, and others as well. Um, I'm going to turn things over to Brian here, who, who's been doing lots of work in this space. Brian, do you have a question for Mike?
9: Oh yeah. So, Mike, first off. Uh, I've been a user of the service off and on for years. Um, My favorite PMII story is when I was in Las Vegas at the Sagebrush Conference, a conference of blind and visually impaired uh, business owners. And I'd always wanted to play a poker machine, but they're fully inaccessible to a blind person. So I'm in the casino and I pull out my phone and I dial, I've got I've got the money in the machine. My twenty dollar bill has been sucked into that machine and it's ready to play. And I used Be My Eyes to call somebody to read me the screen so I could play. And that
8: is awesome. That's a new got, one for me. Brian. I got
9: this lovely young, white young person from Australia who had no idea what the game of poker was so I ended up defining what the different symbols meant and would simply point my finger going right to left across the buttons to say which ones I wanted to keep and which ones I didn't want to keep. And so I, I picked a four of clovers instead of clubs um, and shovels instead of spades and things like that. But I had a marvelous time, as did this young lady who was volunteering for me.
8: That is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. I I, I uh, I'm not I'm not endorsing or unendorsing gambling on 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 the service, but I think that like what a that, that's just that's just I love hearing that, Brian. It's like um it's also the perfect example of how you know be my eyes merges technology and human kindness with a, a bit of fun in between, right? Um that's really neat. Thank, thanks for sharing
7: that. Well and look where look where the new AI model could have driven this entirely without human interaction yes. right yeah um, it, and, and maybe that's where you, trained, maybe that's where you're going right
9: yeah, because it's trained on all this information it would have not had any problem understanding that what I was looking at was a poker machine absolutely and i could have asked it Follow. And this is the part that I found the most exciting about this, quite honestly, not so much that I can take a picture and it will tell me what the picture is, but that I can do follow on questions about that picture.
8: I. I mean, what's the best odds? Right? Yeah. How many how many discards should I do? What's my best yeah. play? here? Right?
9: Exactly. I'm pretty sure casinos are going to have a, a lot of reworking as a result of AI <laughs> right. uh, going forward. Yeah. It it works in a variety of different ways. I took uh, a quick picture of one of my pantry cupboards, which is a total disaster. I'm a very organized person, but I live with three other people who are not, and therefore nothing stays where it belongs. So I took a picture, and it said the top shelf has jelly, mustard, and spices. The next shelf has snacks and crackers. That's great. So I asked it, what kind of jelly? And he said, the left one is Welch's grape, and the right one is Smucker's strawberry. And that was terrific. That's I awesome. didn't turn a bottle, whatever. So it, it's it's important, and it does play an important part in the lives of blind people going forward, as is when my groceries come in. A sighted member of the household tells me what the thing is, and I braille out a label, a peel-and-stick clear label, and slap it on that before I put it in the cupboard. I've always been reluctant to use uh, other methods like uh, barcode readers and those kinds of things because I end up spinning cans and looking for which side of the box has the code on it and all that kind of fun stuff. But this, not thinking twice about asking an AI, is, is going to be a huge game changer for me. I have a couple of very specific questions is where how this ai interacts um with the nature of the phone that you're carrying i'm using a uh, iphone 2020 se so it does not have lidar in it Mm -hmm. but i love it because it has a home button Uh, i should tell you that i ran the computer training center at the carroll center for the blind for 34 years and just recently retired so uh like Jeff uh, I'm not a lightweight when it comes to technology but now that I'm retired I only have to use things I want to use <laughs> and I want my own button so nonetheless a camera is a limitation in these devices uh when I've tried to use them for color identification it was n- it it was nowhere near accurate enough for me to rely on what it said does this ai Improve on that, or have you found the volunteers are uh, knowledgeable enough and see well enough through the image they're seeing to do true color identification? So it
8: should be both, Brian. I think long term, and even now in terms of color identification on a sweater or or, or whatever, um, the AI is getting that right. Certainly over ninety percent of the time, and it's probably in in the high nineties actually. And so um, in my own experience, both as a volunteer and looking at the data from the volunteer interactions, um, item and color uh, uh, verification and identification is a very common use case and tends to produce very high success rates on the call. So yes, I think the AI can solve this problem. I think the volunteer can solve this problem. And the part about that that I love is it becomes the individual's choice the method that they want to use in that moment, right? right. Um, and that excites me like, it, it, that, that the consumer, like the blind or low vision consumer has the choice and has the power to determine how she or he wants to get their information
9: and access the world, which is the way it should be. One of the things that I always wanted in Be My Eyes was the ability to um, indicate what my what skill the person should have to help me out with my situation i'm a self-taught ukulele player and trying to get any volunteer to read what they call tablature Mm -hmm. in a how-to manual is almost impossible um i use a combination of lots of different things to achieve my day including um ira but I don't know whether or not the person picking up my call is going to know music at all, let alone the subject I'm looking for, which is the reading of tablature, not um, piano music, if you will. How does Be My Eyes deal with that or do you see that as an issue?
8: It's certainly an issue right now for the volunteers because as you said, different volunteers have different skill sets. AI will solve the tablature problem. First of all, I play guitar, so Brian, we're gonna have to jam. Um, <laughs> um, but, but interestingly, the AI uh, from open AI is not yet trained, at least the last time I tested this, which was four or five days ago, I put sheet music in front of it and it said, I, I don't read sheet music, which struck me as really odd, right? Because all sheet music is, is black dots and lines. It's linear. It's math. I was, right. I was going to
7: say that should be a, that that should be rather simple. So it's it.
8: coming. It just means that they haven't trained the model on it. I yet. understand. But I mean, yeah.
7: you, you would have thought something. I mean, it does so many more complicated things yeah. that you would have thought that that would have been one that would have been pretty yeah. simple for it to figure out.
8: Yeah. So, so Brian, you, you know, but you raise a really interesting kind of strategy question and a, and a future direction question for us. And that is, Look, we know that the AI is going to be able to solve that, the the problem that you're talking about right now. But at the same time, we have thought and and Hans has, our founder has often said, it would be great to have volunteers list two or three specialties that they have and that we could then match those volunteers on a call-by-call basis based on on identified need uh, from the person making the call. The question is, is, should we go invest in building those specialized communities when I'm fairly certain that very highly specific and technical skill sets are going to be solved fairly easily by these AI systems. So it's just an interesting strategy question to think about.
9: And again, since you're building currently off of um, chat GPT four, correct? Mm-hmm. That there one of the things I think a general audience needs to understand is there's two kinds of AIs. There's AIs designed to do something specific, and then there are AIs that are designed to do something general. And ChatGPT, while all it really is is a word predictor, um, does so so amazingly that it uh, it's hard to imagine that that's all it is. The fact of the matter is there are AIs who specific design and uh, what it learned on is music and there's others that is art and others that are um, maintaining things like biometric information. It's the idea that this general AI is capable of a lot of things that is really kind of important and while right now things are built on this one AI, a language model AI, these AIs can communicate with one another. So even though it can't read music today, they can make an arrangement with another AI that whenever it sees something it recognizes as music, it passes whatever question you have on and then relays it back to you so fast that it feels like it's the one you're working with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. The
7: yeah. Interesting. It's, it's, now, it's, 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 the
8: other way I think about this is is think about sort of highly specialized technical support, or think about any customer mm-hmm. service um, interaction you've ever had. Now think about the fact that the AI model has ingested every uh, product manual and user manual in the history of humanity. Layer on top of that, imagine that it's also ingested. 25 million customer service calls and interactions to see what's most likely to find correct answers. And you can envision a future where, as you said, Brian, these models very seamlessly and very quickly give you the the particular and specific piece of information you want
7: at a moment's notice.
8: That's where this is going.
7: Mike, did you ever read the Robert J. Sawyer, WWW trilogy? I did not. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, if 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 you I'm if writing you it down to, now. If if you want to take a uh, wild ride of just fictional account of what the world is today, go read that. Okay. There are three, three books. It, there's three books, three books and basically yeah. it's a it's a it's a story of uh, this this girl who is blind. She's a math wizard, mathematician, and she's a high school student and She regains her sight through the use of artificial intelligence and through this uh, character, which we won't go into too much because that would give the story away, but named Webmind. And um, I just think you'd find it Quite fascinating. I think the outcome is uh, quite fascinating. It is. It's, it's available uh, on Bard and
0: um, it's available everywhere. All, all of everywhere, pretty yeah. This sounds yeah.
8: like it's got to be on,
7: yeah must read for me. Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank yeah. you. Several yeah, it's several years old, but it's good.
7: It's several years old, but but what you were talking about of ingesting everything, uh, oh. that's that's Webmind basically. It, it 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 goes off and, and basically reads everything on the internet and and then communicates through this implant in her eye and. Yeah, anyway, it's Mike. uh, it uh, communicates through through dots. Right? Right? He sends visual dots representing Braille to his to her eye. And anyway, Just it's cool. uh, sounds really cool. It's, it's great. It's I'm, great. It's a fun. It's, I'm a listener. It's, it's a I'd quick read. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's not a, you know, you. You're not going to get bogged down in it. It's probably one of those, take it on a plane and, mm. and, and have a good time with it.
10: Mike, I, now, I, want to tell, I want to tell you my favorite Be My Eye story because... And then I have one, too. Because yeah. I, I, I I would love to be able to speculate, but I don't know that I can yet, on what AI would have done in this circumstance. But in 2017, John and I were off to uh, fly across country, and it was like, I had just... Gotten my ticket done electronically, checked in, and we woke up at about two thirty-three o'clock in the morning. And I'm on the computer, and somehow I was in control panel looking for something, and I muted something. No Jaws speech, none. Hmm. This is long before Ira. Uh, Be my eyes, no. This is actually before Ira. Be my eyes was active, so I called had no clues to who I was going to get and it was a it was a guy who was up and working in Trinidad. I told him what I needed to do uh, and I put my phone up to the screen he said well now, I'm not a Windows user I don't use Windows I use a Mac but we need to find out what's unmuting so I moved the phone, phone slowly across the screen he looked at all of the screens eventually he said okay, Tab, 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 tab. This went on for a few minutes. He said, stop. Okay. Check this box. Click. There was speech. It was one of the most fascinating Be My Eyes stories that I know I've ever been a part of because I didn't expect... When he said, I'm a Mac user, not a Windows user, I thought, this computer's not going on before I have to fly away. But it did, and I was able... Because I needed to get... Onto the computer to actually print out the tickets to go, and I'm just curious. I don't have no clue as to what AI could have done uh, if it had been around back then.
8: For sure, AI will be able to yeah. solve that problem. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's virtually guaranteed. And I, I've I've done some of my own tests on you know, mini tech support or reading the screen or figuring something out and it actually works quite well already. Um, you know, you mentioned Larry, that was Larry, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. Larry, you mentioned that that, you know, you were traveling. Um we just did an extensive test of the tool in an airport, identification of gates, reading the board for flight departures, etc. Um, and it performed remarkably well. Um and so I you know I'm very cautious because we've all been exposed to the sort of hyperbolic cycle of new technologies right overpromise under deliver um calling something a game changer or whatever but I I think in this case you know based on what I've seen so far and the data that we're seeing this does have the potential to be transformative uh in in millions of use cases literally millions
7: I, th- I think that's one of the things that has greatly impressed me about your approach to all of this, Mike. Is is how conservative in your approach you've been in making sure that it's safe, it's accurate and dependable. Because it's not just you know just something that oh well if it gets it wrong it's it's okay. It's going to be truly relied upon by this community. So you want to make sure that as much as possible, you know, it's tuned as well as it can be. It's, obviously, it's it's you know, it's not going to get everything right all the time. But I love the passion you're driving here in reference to taking the time. You're not rushing to market. You're taking the time and doing the due diligence to, to drive with quality. And, you know, if it took you a year then or, or you know, however long it's going to take, it's okay. I'd rather you take the time and get it right. Uh, uh, 100%, 100% with you, Jeff.
9: That brings an important word for me, and that is the word hallucination. One of the things we're hearing about uh, is this concept that AIs can say things with total authority that simply aren't true. Um, When I talked about the jellies on the shelf and it said Smucker's strawberry, remember I said that? Turns out it was Smucker's black raspberry jam, but it said it with such authority that i was confident it was strawberry yeah Um, and if i was allergic to strawberries that could be a real problem i keep telling people when you're talking about ai you know it's buyer beware just because it said it doesn't mean it's true just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true so uh one of the things that happened with um ira was putting out uh, a real concern about people using their service to cross a street because of the liability if that individual, the person describing the scene, described it incorrectly and put the person in danger. How is eyes going to deal with that knowing that AI has been known to hallucinate?
8: Great question, important question, and we will be similarly conservative. When this launches into the wild, and actually if you look at the beta agreement right now, we are incredibly overt and blunt about the fact that this doesn't replace a guide dog. This is not a white cane. AI still make mistakes. Certainly if you have an allergen on an ingredient, you can't just trust the AI uh, in that context. Medicine, right? So there are a whole host of use cases where we're going to be very overt about putting out warnings for things like that because it is still imperfect. And so on something truly high stakes, Brian, you know, the IRA example of crossing the street, right? The hour, you know, what if you're allergic to strawberries that you brought up That's an incredibly important thing uh, to think about. And it also goes back to Jeff's point about why we're going slowly and being cautious because safety and
7: efficacy are number one. One of the questions we got asked, uh, we got emailed before the show was, are you planning on bringing this technology to platforms other than, say, Android and iOS? Like, for example, PC or Mac? We
8: had a conversation about that today, actually. And I think it's... It's not part of the near-term roadmap, but I think it has to go there, Jeff, right? If you go back to the premise that I talked about earlier, we must be beholden to the consumer Mm -hmm. and his or her choice. And there are some consumers who are going to want to interact with this technology on a desktop. So that's what we're going to have to build. Now, it's not in the next six months. No, no, Um, no. But 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 it has to happen, right? You you must meet the consumer where they want to be met if you're truly Love going that. to be a service provider.
7: It's Love not that. an if, it's a when. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Love that. Uh, John, you had a comment.
0: It, it's really just a verification since I've been. Beta testing, I've done a couple of things. Uh, not as much as I'd like, because I'm still working. But once that slows down, uh, then I'll do more. Uh, in fact, while we were talking just now, I I verified the shirt that I was wearing. And I thought it was a Disney-related shirt because of uh, my anniversary there today. So today I pointed the camera this afternoon here at my shirt. There's a little decal on it that I thought it had remembered it saying... Walt Disney Travel Company, and sure enough, that's the message I got back. It's it actually it's a travel company, but I know that's exactly what it was. So, if I had nobody around to verify that for me, and I don't, um, it worked perfectly uh, with with AI. And I guess I could have done the same thing with a live volunteer, but I'm I'm just d- using the the uh, AI just to see what it comes up with. I've done it on. Uh, cooking instructions and shirts and all kinds of stuff around the apartment. Uh, Nothing really heavy duty yet, but as I think of things, then I would definitely try try it out and see what happens.
8: That's really cool, John. I've said a bunch of times to, to, not only to our team, but anytime I do an interview or anytime I talk to people in the community, we have to be transparent about our failures as well. And so I want to talk about a couple of places where I've seen the tool fail and, and and also to give assurances that we're working on it. But one thing is um, remote controls. It sometimes doesn't tell you correctly where the button is. It might identify the power button as top right and it's top left. Um, and this is of course really important. If think about think about a uh, you know a phone system to get room service at at a hotel, right? You're gonna want to know which which button is which right? And hopefully you're ordering room service and not an emergency <laughs> button. Um, but so it's got to improve on things like very busy remote controls.
7: Now, and, now, why is it getting it wrong, Mike? Is it because, I, I mean, I can think of reasons why. I mean, there are probably, what, millions of types of remotes and they all probably look the same. So is, is it a pattern problem? Generally like, speaking, like, yes. Right. Yeah. Um,
8: Usually it's 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 recognition based on the inputs, but by the same token, Jeff, like it does confuse me a little bit because there are remotes that have the actual wording on the button, right, Mm -hmm. or or underneath the button, and you would presumably say, well, that's that's a very linear problem. So I think it'll be solved, and I don't know exactly why that's an issue that I'm seeing. The other one that I'm seeing, and this is one that i I've talked to OpenAI about already, is on complex uh folding, complex bills like a, a check from a large party at a restaurant or um uh, yes. a, a, a bill from like a lengthy hotel statement. I've had errors right. on the on the total or the
7: subtotal or the sales tax and things like that. And again, well, like a bill in the mail where it's folded multiple times and the amounts are on the crease. Exactly. Like but this is an important
8: use case, right? That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has to be fixed. And and it will be, but like I just I I'm very committed to transparency about about places where where we're seeing errors and so those are those are two that I've noticed that I I just want to point out but uh, I don't know if you've seen any other uh, in your experience to, and I I put this out to the whole group but but I I think it's really important to just be open and share
7: when the when the technology doesn't do what we want it to do. I've seen situations where I've tested and it's all based on lighting. And if the lighting isn't quite right, then it does not it's not able to read, you know, for example, signs and, and, and get things described as well as it possibly could. Um, and and I, I found that to be more problematic recently than I thought it might have been. And I'm not sure why that is, but it tends to be if I'm in a corner of something, you know, for example, if I walk up to a door and I want to check a door number and it's not in Braille or anything, uh, and there's not a lot of light around me. It it, it seems to struggle with that. So I don't know if that's because if it is a lighting issue or or what's happening there. But that's a a case where I would have thought it would have been able to get that one. I'm going to do that.
9: I think it would be an appropriate thing to include in the app that you can turn on or off the flashlight. The flash. additional, Additional light under those circumstances. Yep. You've
8: just
7: given you just added to our our roadmap, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, and because it would be interesting to be able to you know tap a button in the UI and have it turn the light on, or or at least maybe even have it intelligently go, oh wait, it's kind of dark here. I'm going to turn the light on. I don't know yeah. if iOS allows that though. It may not. It may require user interaction though for that. I don't know.
9: The other big e question that people are discussing is privacy. One of the things. Uh, I am reluctant to do is to allow a volunteer to see billing information because it might include my credit card number and other identifying information um, that you know could at least slowly whittle away at somebody being able to access my funds.
7: Yeah. Or if you're trying to find the right credit card, right? I mean, a lot of the cards now are totally flat. You can't feel the numbers
9: on them anymore. That's right. So when it comes to privacy and AI, I've always kind of taken the opinion that uh, it's information that it's collecting in the aggregate, not specific to a particular individual or transaction. Is that true? Would use AI to take a look at something we would feel uncomfortable having a person look at on our behalf?
8: We're certainly going to warn against that in the near term, Brian, because and, and again, in the interest of full transparency, right now, we're looking at all the data and saving it because we have to find failures. Right. And in order to design this long term for safety, we just need to see when the tool is, is not working well. I believe that long term this will be a fully privacy protected experience. Um, a, that's my bias uh, as a human and as someone who who um, has no interest in in monetizing data, you know people's data long term over the future, right? Number one. Number two, um, very very encouraging announcements from OpenAI over the last couple of weeks about the fact that it will not train, continue to train its models based on user data in the GPT-4 experience. Further buttressed by the fact that they've told developers that sharing data is uh, opt-in only if they wanna share data. So um, I think OpenAI is is both saying and doing the right things in terms of privacy right now. And I know that's gonna be our plan long-term to make sure that when this tool is working 99.99% of the time, um, and we're really, really happy about its safety, that that we make a commitment to do so in an absolutely privacy protected way. It's 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 essential. Absolutely essential. I think everyone would probably,
7: you know, be like, yeah, you're supposed to ask when, and I know we're wanting it to take as long as necessary, but ha- have you thought more about what this is going to look like? Uh, are you considering maybe a limited public beta uh, uh, of some kind for users to, you know, maybe even a limited public Test flight beta for people to opt in, um, you know, maybe not even putting it in the app store, but but doing something like that where it's a, a more controlled uh, process where you, you, you're getting more feedback from users and, you know, elevating the conversation, you know, say it, the upcoming consumer shows across the organizations.
8: Yeah, we, we, we talk about this every day. Um, and where we are right now in the process is we are slowly opening up the beta to additional people who are on the waiting list. Um, if you asked me about a, a launch date for general availability, I don't, I don't have one. No, that's good because we're going to go and respect, you know, where the data leads yep, us. Yes. Yep. Yep. In terms of a safety, uh, you know, OpenAI and we have, I'll be transparent, we've dis- we've discussed, you know, boy, it'd be great to get something done by the end of Q3 or early Q4, but. I can't commit to that or guarantee that because, again, it's going to be what we learn from the beta testers and making sure that we're seeing uh, the behavior in the tool uh, that that we want to see. And so but we are going to be expanding it uh, uh, certainly over the coming weeks. And we're, we're I think we'll probably add a few hundred, I would think, in within the next month or two at, at minimum. Excellent.
9: When the A.I. looks at something in its text, if that text is not in English is it capable of speaking to me because I registered as an English speaker of rendering that text in English? Yes. So
8: translations work. I'll give you a quick example of this. Um, My daughter was playing a video game in the living room. I stood way at the other end of the room and took a picture and only got part of the TV in it. And I said, what's on the TV? And it said, Oh, that's a popular video game called Fortnite. And it gave me all the information. And then I said, can you tell me that in Hindi? And it did. <laughs> um, so, great. so the answer is yes. I think, I think translations are an area where this product is, is going to excel.
7: Well, Mike, I want to personally thank you so very, very much.
8: Take care. Thanks for having me. Yep.
7: Okay.
2: So I know that was very long and pretty technical in parts, but I think it's, fascinating and it intrigues me that this will be available soon I hope um, so that we have the option of using either AI or a volunteer for the Be My Eyes service. Now let me just say that also when you call uh, when you uh, use the app for Be My Eyes right now they have specialized services that we can choose from. Um, American Council of the Blind has volunteers that can offer information about resources available or about joining ACB or anything related to um, you as a blind or visually impaired consumer. And I know Microsoft also has connection to their uh, informa- uh, information help desk, accessibility help desk. Bell, do you know of any other uh, specialized services that Be My Eyes offers? Those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head.
6: Oh my gosh, they've got, uh, there's one, um, is it herbal essence that has one? Or oh, that? That's yeah. right. Um, Oh my gosh. There's several, um, related to, uh, like cosmetics, things like that, or, and obviously the technology with Google and Microsoft and all that, but there are, um, several listed in the specialized, uh, help section. Well, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I love that.
11: And, you
2: know, I, I, I just, I'm just saying, uh, my opinion, I think for the most part, I would, I would still want the human interaction of a volunteer, but just my opinion. Um, So we're not going to be able to really take any questions about this, since both of these were pre recorded interviews. And uh, I certainly don't know anything more than what was already stated in these interviews. So um, If you have any questions, you'll have to get get in touch with the main menu live team. Uh, And thanks again to them for allowing me to use parts of their interview with with Mike Buckley, the CEO of Be My Eyes. So
6: I would say that I'm I will be I'm excited about this AI stuff with uh the virtual volunteer that. Is going to be amazing once it comes out. I think it's going to really be revolutionary to all of us and beneficial. So oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
2: So Lucy. Oh yeah. Most Lucy, definitely it, it will. It definitely will. Um, I'm, I, you, you, you are so much more, more technological than I am. <laughs> You're so much more involved in, in technology. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I do what I need to do. And I'm old. So I still I still (laughs) like, (laughs) I like the volunteer part of it. I think, you you know, I mean, I I think that both of both of them will have their place in, you know, the Be My Eyes service. And Mm -hmm. I, I so so appreciate all the volunteers that give their time, you know, to helping us out. And yeah, so
3: Lucy, this is Bryn. Um, I actually went on the Be My Eyes app, and uh, at the very bottom there is a button where you can request to be added to the beta. Um, so I clicked on the button, and, and it now says virtual assistant pending. So um I
6: know I've been waiting for mine for a while. Oh <laughs> man! So hopefully,
3: hopefully the pending word goes away, and I actually get access. And same to you.
2: yeah Yeah, i did you know that there there were some parts of the interview uh toward the end there that talked about the beta part of it and um there are a lot of people on the waiting list to be accepted as beta testers so don't hold your breath but i hope you do get accepted as a beta tester but just don't hold your breath because I don't want that to happen to you, you know. <laughs> but that would be cool. I mean, that would be very cool to be a beta tester of that. Yeah. Lucy, All
6: right. Jane is just jumping in for a minute to respond to listeners. If you haven't read the WWW triple pad, it may go a long way for you, as it did for me. And okay, great. To ease your interest in moving ahead technologically with AI and other things like that. That's all. Okay, oh, thank you. Yeah. you okay,
2: great. Okay, well, it is the top of the hour. Um, So, so Bryn, do you need to do we need to take any kind of a commercial break or um, anything like did that? Did we
3: ever find out if uh, we can play the, the book, the, the book club promo again? Sheila? I, I'm guessing Sheila probably hasn't heard back from uh, Larry. No, I have not. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick little break? Um, I do have a different promo to play, so we'll do that. And then when we get back, you can continue on with part two of Sunday edition. All right. The
7: following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry promoting and advocating
1: on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org.
3: All right, we are back. Okay,
2: that's great. Okay, so, so for the second part of our show, we are going to talk about ACB community, (laughs) which is one of my favorite topics. And um, I'm sure most of you are aware of the ACB community, but we started in March of 2020, March 17th of 2020, as a matter of fact. And this was started by Cindy Hollis. uh, What is her title? Director of Membership Engagement. Services. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Ma- of her
6: manager of membership. Manager,
2: a uh, manager of membership. Yeah. Okay. So she, because we were in the the very very early beginning stages of the pandemic, she thought it would be a really cool idea for everybody to be able to connect with one other another since we were just under a lockdown, a national lockdown, and we started out with two calls in the first week, and to jump ahead to three years and two months later, we are over 100 calls per week now. And community has blossomed into this wonderful network of calls, uh, Zoom events, uh, and we're now on Clubhouse, uh, connecting Zoom and Clubhouse for these events. And we have like so many different categories of events to choose from. That is just amazing to me. And so we have um, a few uh, a few people here to talk about some of the different categories that are available to you. And then we can talk about uh, others that um, that we don't have anybody to talk about them. So you'll have to listen to me and Bill. (laughs) But um, let's, let's go to Dorlin first. And she is here to talk to us all about the calls relating to Braille, which is a great topic of mine. I love Braille. Yeah.
12: Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me, Lucy. You bet. (laughs) I <laughs> love Braille. I love community. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, I guess uh, I'll just start in like you did with a little history. Um, our Braille calls, they started, I believe, with one on a Saturday evening. And now we do on some weeks about five to six calls a week, like my our Braille group, our Braille Together calls. So it's cool how much it's grown and it. Uh, We have our braille rooms where we work on things with the breakout rooms. And that started from just a one call a week where people were kind of paired up individually and they tried to get connected offline. And then we realized that it worked better with the breakout rooms. It's such a wonderful uh, resource we have on Zoom here. And uh, these calls started, you know, a few months into the community calls, but I really joined on and started helping at the end of twenty twenty one november december and since then i've uh I've really enjoyed uh just the group that we've brought together and the braille enthusiasts and learners that come together every week for our different calls um so Lucy, stop me at any point if you have any questions, but I'll just go through the different types of calls we have, yeah. All right, so our weekend braille together, the the original, that's at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Saturdays. And that one, we all stay in the main room and we do different topics. Sometimes I will do a presentation on something ranging from, you know, the slate and stylus to the Perkins Brailler. We've talked about UEB numbers and we've talked about, um oh just all sorts of things really if it's braille related we try to get it in there and then we also use those saturdays to play games which are one of my favorite things (laughs) uh and those games are you know learning games they're ones that i make up and i've brought a couple here for to quiz lucy and Uh maybe bell on if they'd (laughs) like (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, to give people a little taste of what we do on our uh, game night calls. Can I should I do those now? Or would you guys like a moment to prepare yourselves and should I save them for later? No, I'll no, you go, go ahead. In the fire. Let's go. OK, so <laughs> one game um, that I've made up is called Fill in the Braille and that I will take a lot of times song titles, sometimes movie titles or book titles, whatever and I will replace one of the words within that song title with a uh, with the word Braille or some version of the word Braille. And then if people know the answer to that, they'll raise their hand and Braille it back to me with dot numbers, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, here we go. I got one for each of you guys that uh, has no contractions in it. So Lucy, you're up first. OK. We've got here comes the Braille by the Beatles. Here comes the Braille.
3: All by right. Beatles.
12: Two, three, four for S. Oh, oh. yep. Yeah. So I, what we usually do, I'm sorry, I just threw you into this. We'll have you say the word first oh. and then I'll confirm that you're right. And then we'll have you start brailing it. And also, since it's a, in a title, if you don't mind capitalizing oh. it, that'd be cool, too. So, what word is it?
2: I've already flunked. Um, No, no, no. I I did not
12: (laughs) properly explain the rules. I do try to be a better game show host than this. But we're. uh... (laughs) All right. Go ahead, Lucy. So it is sun.
2: And so it's dot six to delineate that the letter, first letter of the word is capitalized. That's two, three, four for S. That's one, three, six for U. And that's one, three, four, five for N for sun.
6: Beautiful! Here comes the
12: sun. <laughs> All right, Lucy gets a point, and we go to Belle.
6: <laughs> I'll take her answer.
12: <laughs> uh-uh. oh, this one's not too far off. All right, I got Braille Days, the Sesame Street theme. Braille Days. Or Braille days. Braille isn't really a conjugation oh, okay. of Braille, but um, Braille days. The Sesame days. Street. Yeah, it's sunny. <laughs> All
6: right, so whew, here we go. Uh the dot six for um the capital, then for S we have two, three, four. Uh U is one, three, six, N is one, three, four, five,
12: another N, one, three, four, five, Y, one, three, four, five, six, and then days. So, yep. All right. All right. Tied up (laughs) one to one. I've got a couple (laughs) more ones, but I want to take up too much time since we've got so many people. So maybe we'll come back, um, as I go through our games. Well, I do have one more I'll do here. So we also play. On some nights, a game I call base Braille Ball.
4: Ooh, we, got, yeah. we get
12: into teams on that one, two teams. And uh, we, uh, we use the abacus to keep track of who's on what <laughs> base and keep track of the score. So we combine all our community call skills. And um, on that one, everyone gets to select if they'd like a slow pitch when they come up to bat, which is all in uncontracted Braille or a fast pitch, which is something that'll have a contraction in it, but just a contraction that takes one cell. Then we've got curve balls and those curve balls can have or will have a contraction with two cells or sometimes there'll be a funny rule within them. It's a curveball. you never know what you might get. <laughs> so I got a, one more of these for each of you guys then. If that's all right. Um, sure. Let's see. So, Bell, I'm going to throw you a slow ball. I'm not letting you guys pick your pitches just to give people <laughs> a, a a taste of what we get here. So, uh, one of the teams that you might find within Major League Baseball is the Atlanta Braves. Bell, would you please braille out Braves for me, please? Yes, ma'am, happily. <laughs> I
3: thought so. so.
6: Dot six. And then the cap for the capital letter B and B is one two dots one two. R one two three five. A dot one. V dots one two three six E dot dots
13: one five and s dots two three four well
12: she smacks a single (laughs) 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 and so a uh slow pitch getting it right gets you a um a single so you'd run to first base on the abacus but since we're playing <laughs> you two versus each other you're just gonna get your one point here i you know i make up all the rules so hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> <works out>. really <laughs> all right lucy i'm gonna throw you a fast pitch for Uh-oh. uh uh illustration here so another one of these mlb teams we've got are the detroit tigers would you oh. please braille tie oh you don't like the tigers oh i love them oh good Oh, totally. Good. Like not sure on that one. I knew I knew where to go with Bell, but all right. Well you oh, love no, them. Tigers for
2: okay. Dot six to delineate the capital in the first letter. T is dots two, three, four, five. I is dots two four. G is dots one, two, four, five. And then the contraction er is dots 12456 and S is 234 all right
3: beautiful
12: (laughs) she hits that double rounds the corner pushing belt on third and and they're both gonna be stranded because that's the end of the example (laughs) that's that's that's
2: the story of the tigers they strand a
12: lot (laughs) 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 but yeah so that's an example of how we play that and a curve ball for y'all might have been like a Washington Nationals and brailing out nationals, which can be a tricky one, too, since it uh, changed with the adoption of UEB, but (sighs) UEB is the law of the land. So whenever Mm -hmm. we play these games, we do play by UEB rules. Um, But yeah, so um, that's a base Braille Ball. We will be be playing that in June if anyone wants to come join us on, I believe it is the 10th of June. We're playing that that Saturday. Um, And then this coming Saturday, we're going to be playing uh, the Braille Bowl, which is another variation on these games, kind of a Jeopardy style meets Knowledge Bowl or Quiz Bowl, if anyone ever played that when they were in high school. And uh, again, we get into teams and we give people uh, the chance to pick their category. And they range from like uncontracted to uh, dot five words, alphabetic word signs, short forms, all sorts of stuff. So you can pick whatever you want to do and then if you get it right you get 2 points if you get it wrong your team can help you out and you can still get 1 point for it and so we had a great competitive game a couple weeks weekends ago so we're going to play that this coming weekend um i'm just we have a good time and it's a good way to test your knowledge but also learn things along the way um and people might have noticed that we said dot 6 to capitalize a word before each word so at the end of the game you know if you didn't know how to capitalize a word at the very least, you'll have that. So it works for someone who's brand new. Um, I know our experts in Braille have a good time too. And I'm sorry, I'm just going on and on about Braille games. I could do it all day, (laughs) Uh (laughs) but I'll change gears here and talk about one of our other Braille, uh, calls you guys tied two to two. Well done (laughs) ladies. (laughs) Um, and so let's see here. Um, our, uh, Braille room calls happen on Sundays and Tuesdays, and that's where we really get down to work and help people learn Braille. That's, uh, again, 6 p.m. Eastern on Sundays and Tuesdays. We get in, Uh, a lot of people will pop in a little before the top of the hour, but by the top of the hour, I start sorting people out into rooms based on skill level, what they want to be working on, how they work best, uh, you know, personalities, all sorts of things. We also have a different group every night, so it can be a little different every night, but we do have a lot of folks that come back week in and week out and utilize these rooms to work on their skills, keep themselves accountable uh that's actually kind of why I originally joined the rooms it's like all right I need something keep myself reading this every week and this sure has gotten my braille skills um going uh so we use things like the McDuffie Reader we've got a couple of groups going through that book which is one you you do need to purchase but it's 25 dollars and um, it's well worth it, and it's something where we can all have our fingers on the same dots, work through these lessons, A through Z, through your contractions, um, type form indicators like italics and bold, and even has a page in the back for the symbols that have been retired since UEB Mm. was adopted, so um, it's been really cool watching people just progress every week and listening to them read Um, And so, but there's no required things to come to Braille Room. Just show up with, um, well, there is one thing, a desire to learn Braille. So (laughs) come on in, you know, and we'll help you however we can. We've had people working on Hadley books, which are free. Um, We've had people getting books from the Braille on Demand program that NLS has now. And we can use those in the breakout rooms. We'll just, we'll work on anything. Sometimes we just quiz each other on Braille contractions. So uh, we're always there to help out. And now talking about these Braille on demand books, we've got one that we all have. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us have right now is Nothing Fits a Dinosaur by Jonathan Fensky, BR24098 if anyone's curious to get it. But we all got it actually for another call we do called Deciphering Dots, where we go through and literally decipher some dots. But it's become a great resource for us in our braille rooms. If anyone wants to come in and read a little braille, this book has both uncontracted and contracted braille in it. The story is done twice, first in the uncontracted version and then in the contracted Um, And we are getting ready to start our next call of Deciphering Dots, uh, time and date to be announced because we're going to look at everyone's schedule and look at the community schedule, see where we can best fit in. And um, we're going to be doing the book, Let's Have a Sleepover. And that is, I know, right? (laughs) And that one's BR24182. Harry and Hedgehog are having a sleepover, and he's worried about bringing his teddy bear. It's going to be oh so cute. (laughs) Um, There's some type form indicators in there. Get some new dots under your fingers. We're looking forward to it. So if anyone wants to join us and get that ordered from the Braille On Demand program, um, we have a whole list of these books that have the version in uncontracted and then contracted braille so no matter what level people are at we can all read the same story we can all participate together again you're learning different things so if you're working on uncontracted you're going to hear some contractions and kind of know where you're heading But this one's really important because we're making sure we're getting our fingers on those dots and reading them, which is one of the things that this virtual space at first we struggled with a bit was how do we get all our fingers on the same dots? And (laughs) with this, yeah, with this Braille on Demand program, we're able to do that and through the community calls platform we're doing this deciphering dots call and just it's been a lot of fun and uh, watching people progress on that too and seeing people getting motivated to practice every day so that they feel better going into that call because you see the um the work and the practice that you put into it really paying off Mm -hmm. um and so i know lucy i've been going on for a while i have one other braille call but um i want to make sure you want me to keep going before I do well go ahead and
2: talk about that
12: Um, all right so our last one that we do it's a monthly call Uh, we'll call it the dots of the month the next one will be the dots of June this most recent one was the dots of May Um, and we just get out all the braille calendars that are available out there both ones that are perfect for purchase the ones we've gotten for free and we go through it in the same way we go through the book in deciphering dots we start at the beginning of the month see what the layout is for the the graph of, or you know, the chart of the days of the month so that people can find that. And then we go through the holidays and we're going through the dot combination. So again, people are learning, they're practicing their skills. And uh, these Braille calendars, I know the first one I got was a little bit like, oh my goodness, which way is up? So it's really good to have the camaraderie of everyone to figure that out. And we have a good time going through the holidays. And we actually, I've been learning a lot about the different holidays that are out there through it. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'll wrap up with that call and um, stay tuned for June 1st, guys.
2: (laughs) Well, very cool. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Dorlin. And let me just briefly uh, mention that there are a couple of other regular calls that we have. One at Thursday uh, at noon, I believe it is called I Love Braille. And it's sponsored by the East Bay Center for the Blind. You got Cal- it. California and they have different uh, different categories every week. One they have a one week, they'll have a guest speaker. One week, they'll have a question and answers. Um, I'm not sure what the other two
12: weeks, Yeah, are. you know, after the third one is their poll star week where they have a member of the group present their journey in Braille, kind of like the, how they learned it and how they use it. And then the fourth uh, uh, one is always Braille fun. So sometimes it's Braille drawing, sometimes scrambles. One time I got to go on there and do my Braille games, you know, so it's kind of whatever he finds fun that week. And the fifth one is if there's a fifth Thursday of the month is just kind of dealer's choice, whatever he picks. Yeah, very cool. And then one
2: that is Thursday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern is grade three Braille. And Grade three Braille is a super, super contracted version of Braille. And it is based on the grade two Braille that we, we used to call it grade two. Uh, what is it? A, oh gosh, A, B, no, what is it? A E B
12: A B A
2: E. E B A E. Anyway, prior to U E B
12: you didn't know there were gonna be so many tests
2: today alphabet soup oh my gosh uh because grade three braille was written in I believe it was 1954 and um it's it's basically used for taking you know note-taking and personal use there are no books per se written in grade three braille and it is It's been very challenging. Uh, I've been in the class since the beginning and we're almost finished. So I don't know what we're gonna do after we're finished. I don't know if it's gonna begin again or what, but anyway, that's been lots of fun. So, um, you know, there have been, a few calls here and there throughout the three years uh, relating to Braille. But those are the regular ones that we still have. So
13: see
12: you know, one. Can I real quickly throw in doing Braille digitally? Oh, my well. gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, my bad, too. I should have thrown that in. I, um, It's every other week at 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. So it didn't occur last yesterday. So the next occurrence will be this coming Saturday which is May 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll be doing Braille digitally. And they talk about all things Braille that is digital. So last time was a presentation on using Braille with the Macs, like using Braille displays. And this coming one is gonna be Android and Braille. Oh,
2: cool, all right. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for all your help and thank you for coming in and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having (laughs) me, guys. All right, yeah okay so now let's move to acb crafters and wow this has been a growing one too so courtney smith is here to talk to us today about acb crafters
13: hi lucy thanks hey. for having me sure. so yeah crafters began almost three years ago we will be celebrating our third birthday, anniversary, creation date, however you wanna say it, on um, June the 7th. And that is a Wednesday. And I'll go ahead and promote this. We'll be having our celebration party, if you wanna call it that, on June the 7th. Uh, we'll be having it in place of Creative Journey that night. And we'll be doing some games and some door prizes, doing a craft, and who knows what else that we'll come up with. But that's what we have planned right now. Um, and like I said, Crafters began uh, on June 7th, 2020, and it started with Kayla Allen and Melanie Pesco, and uh, I came in just to, you know, see what it was about and, and all, and it was planned to be one call a month, so for an hour and a half, two-hour call once a month, and people wanted more, and so they decided, okay, maybe we should do more, and so we started classes. Um, and that, that's what people wanted was to learn how to do different craft projects instead of learning about them and being a discussion type group. So um, Kayla reached out to me and she said, can you help? And I said, sure. Kayla and I met several years ago through another crafting uh, for the blinds group. And so she she knew what I, what I was capable of and, and what I was doing with that group and asked me to come on board and help. And um, people, like I said, people wanted more. And the most requested thing we had was fiber arts. So crochet, needle knitting. And then there was the introduction of loom knitting. And a lot of people weren't really interested in that. And that was our very first continuous call where we were having it twice a month. Um, and again, people wanted more and we just kept adding more and more classes and and calls and it's it has grown there are weeks where we have anywhere from five to seven calls I mean we have had weeks where we had a call every day and sometimes we have more than one call a day and we've had that happen and it's fun it's exciting but it can get exhausting <laughs> and um, and so going back to the history a little bit Melanie she you know It was more than she had expected. And so she had to step back um, from her responsibilities with the crafters because of work and family obligations. She just could not make that long-term and big commitment. Uh, Then it was just Kayla and me. So we've been going at it. And again, as it has grown, we have added more and more people to our admin team. We have Tori Ziegler, we have Angela Randall, Tyanne Wilmoth, um, and all of those ladies do a great job in, in helping us keep the group going. Um, some of the classes that we offer um, on an ongoing basis, the first and third Thursdays of every month at 6 p.m. and all the times I'm going to give are going to be Eastern times. So at 6 p.m. we offer offer needle knitting. If you don't even know which end of the needle to start with, <laughs> they can start you with that. Um, and then, if you know which end of the needle is up, and y- you want a little more advanced um, things, we have that for you as well. So, uh, Vicky, um, her last name just escaped me, but Vicky Hathaway. Yeah. Hathaway thank yeah. you, Lucy. She <laughs> has taught knitting and crochet and and other um, things. In the past, she's retired from that, but she has come on board and she teaches our needle knitting classes and does an excellent job with that. Um, The second and fourth Tuesdays of each month at 6 p.m., we have crochet, again, just like the needle knitting. If you don't know which end of the hook to use, Kayla and Tyann, they work with you on that. And if you want something a little more advanced, they always have a project or some advanced stitch patterns or something that to work on so you know we kind of flip back and forth between the groups um, of who needs what and then the second and fourth Thursdays of each month at 6 p.m we have loom knitting that is taught by Tyanne and myself and again if you don't even know what a loom is we start you with that we go over all the different parts of the loom and get you started Um, And then we also either have, again, some advanced stitch patterns or a project to work on. Yeah. In addition to those continuous classes, we also have um, a color art theory. It's the second Monday of each month, again, at 6 p.m. And that's led by Angela Randall. She's going through a stitch theory book that is available on Bookshare. The name of it escapes me at the moment. But we have a bulletin that Kayla sends out every week that has a list of all the events that's going on for that week, anything that's upcoming and all that information's in there. Uh, Some Saturdays we have some classes and that's just kind of general classes where we teach beading, uh, some hand sewing, some no sew projects, origami. There's tons of things, clay, that we, you know, teach whatever we can get our hands on and people want. We try to make it accessible and bring it to the crafters and you know, anybody that's willing to learn. Um, and on the last Sunday of each month, we have a crafty book club where we read through a fiction book that has some type of craft in it or pertains to some type of crafting such as quilting or pottery. And some of them are even things that you wouldn't consider as having a craft related topic in it. I know they did a trilogy from Nora Roberts that had some craft aspects to it. So uh, we have that the first, uh, excuse me, the last Sunday of each month. And I believe that's at two. And again, we have some, some classes on some Sundays and some Saturdays and some Saturdays we don't. And some Sundays we don't. Um, but we just, we try to meet people where they are um, and and get them to crafting because it is so beneficial to our mental health whether people believe it or not it is um I know just having yarn in my hands even if it's just untangling it that is so therapeutic to me I can sit and do that for hours and hours and days and sometimes I have done that oh Um, you can
2: come to my house I've
13: got lots of tangled yarn (laughs) (laughs) I, I could go probably all over the country if not all over the world and do that you know um you know, just sitting and listening to a podcast or a book and I just sit there and just untangle yarn. And it, it again, it is so therapeutic to me. Um so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we have going on. How about the crafty chat? crafty uh, chat. Oh I totally forgot about that. Oh, thank you, Lucy. Mm-hmm. So every Friday at noon Eastern we have a crafty chat. Most um Fridays, there is a topic. This past Friday, we did uh, Digitizing Your Memories. Um, this coming Friday will be an open chat where we can talk about anything craft related. Um, sometimes we have guest speakers. The second Friday of each month, we have begun uh, getting to know your fellow crafter, where Lynn Snyder and Joe Bondado, they are interviewing our crafters t- so we can get to know them better. We've had Kayla Allen interviewed and Tori Ziegler was for the month of May. I will be interviewed in the month of June. So if you are a crafter and you would like to be interviewed, please let us know. And um, we can be contacted at acbcrafters at gmail.com. And all of our contact information and how to subscribe to our Facebook and our listserv, all of that is available through the description of any of our calls. Um, So, um, I'm trying to, I think that's about it, yeah. unless you have something to trigger my memory, <laughs> me see.
2: Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Courtney actually taught me how to loom knit, and, you know, because I had always been interested in it, and just kind of put it on the back burner, but then I found out that the community was offering classes in it, and I thought, well, what the heck, you know, I'll buy some looms, and I'm not very good at it, but it sure is fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it
13: is fun. It is. That, fun. That's, that's my passion is loon knitting. I love all types of crafts. I'm kind of getting more into tactile art. Um, so, you know, that's fun. And because of ACB Crafters, I want to promote another organization just a little bit. Because of ACB Crafters, that has led to jobs for Kayla and myself with Future Insight, and mm-hmm. Kayla teaches two craft classes per month with uh, just different craft topics. Uh, she had polymer clay this past week. Um, we've done tactile art, we've done air dry clay, paper mache, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then I do audio editing with Future Insight. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to make those into podcasts um, and, so that's, that's been, you know, one of what I call a COVID blessing. You know, we started community because of COVID and it has progressed to, you know, meeting more people and also landing Kayla and myself a job that came to us. We didn't go seeking it out. They came to us, uh-huh. So, which, which was really exciting. So, um, so I guess that's about it. If, again, if you have anything else you would like to to say about the crafters? Yeah.
2: Well, I was in on the air air dry clay class, and that yeah. was super fun. Yeah. I uh, went up to visit a friend of mine, and so there were three of us that were together, and we all were involved in the class that day, and we had a blast. Yeah,
13: yeah I could tell. I could tell because I was on the <laughs> call guys, and yeah, and we try to make, make it fun. And, you know, If we don't know how to do a craft, we, Kayla, especially, she will go out and research it and research it and research it and figure out a way to make it accessible. Um, She, it's one I'm working on now editing um, with future insight. She just did a call on DIY craft supplies or craft materials. Mm -hmm. And that's really fun. And just listening to it, you know, I get tons of ideas so you may not know how to do something, but you know, just you'll know, come to the classes, and you might get interested in it, or even get an idea of how to you know incorporate that in some of your other crafts. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. So. And I I I did two classes, uh, macrame classes. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: We made uh, just a, a regular bracelet the first time, and then the second time we did abacus bracelets, which is right mm-hmm. up my alley. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That I was mean really you always fun. need
13: a, an advocate, you know around for anything. yeah yeah so you I know you love your advocate, so but. I do yes I do you well, know even, all right yeah okay Go ahead. Yeah. even if we've taught something before and you want to learn it just you know let us know we can always re- either reteach the project or come up with something new um you know, we're, we're open to anything. And if we don't know how to do it, we will either try to find somebody who knows how to do it and make it accessible, or we will at least attempt to learn how to do it and make it accessible. Sometimes it's not always successful. And we just say, we just cannot do that right now. And it's not that, you know, we cannot do that. And end of sentence, it's, we can't do it right now. And we, we try to work on it as best we can. And, you know, Kayla and I shoot ideas off each other a lot. So, yeah. But we would love to have anybody in, you know, even if you say you can't craft, yes, you can. If you can string beads onto wire or shoelace, you can craft, but thanks Lucy for having me on today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you,
2: Courtney. And you guys do a great job of coming up with stuff. I love it. That's great. Thank you. All right. So another category of calls that we have, uh, well, I guess I want to call it food and cooking. (laughs) <laughs> so, so Sheila does one of those calls. So I just wanted Sheila to talk briefly about some of those calls that we
4: have. Well, you just missed having Courtney because she <laughs> she happens to do a cooking with Courtney. Um, but Yes, my call started on March 27th of 2020. So we have been doing that call for over three years, right after we were one of the first calls that ever started. Yeah. And um, we've had 71 calls. Our 72nd is this week. We meet every second and fourth Wednesday evening at seven. And we share different recipes with a different topic each each call. Um, This week is Memorial Day. We've done everything from appetizers to desserts to gifts for the holidays to um, five or less ingredients to microwave to sheet pan to no bake to you name it. We've done it. And um, it has just been so much fun. And to just, I mean, I've got a group of people that I send the document to every time we have a call and there's 110 people on that group. Oh my gosh. That's how many people we have reached out to over these past three years. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, And we give tips for cooking. You know, if somebody says, wait to make sour milk, you add a little bit of vinegar or whatever. It, It just you know we, we answer questions as well as give the recipe so mm-hmm. it's been so much fun and then of course you've got Herbie's cooking um every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock eastern and he and Tori actually do cook or they have somebody on there that cooks I know mm-hmm. Bell's been on there before I have you been on it I have not so nah <laughs> nah <laughs> And then Courtney does a cooking call where she will pick one item like like Herbie does. And she will make it on the call while everybody's listening to her making it. So, but my call is not we don't cook. We just, I mean, I do cook. <laughs> and I cook a lot of these recipes that we've shared. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, we you cook just after the call. I cook after, after the call. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's been so much fun, and like I said, we've we've been able to reach out to several people and um, gotten some really unique ideas for recipes. So I oh, I've absolutely! Been, I've yeah. got all those documents. I love them. Yeah, in fact, I had somebody reach out to me the other day that wants more of the documents, and wow. just, yeah, <laughs> it just keeps growing. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and. <laughs> You know, I don't know how much longer it'll go on. I guess it'll go on as long as I've got people that want to come. But, um, you know, it it is fun. So then Mm -hmm. the opposite Wednesdays of your
2: recipe swap call... There is a call called, call, call, it's call, call,
4: call, call. It's electric. It's electric. It's yeah. electric, yeah. And that's not the dance. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jeannie Johnson does a great job with that. She talks about all kitchen appliances, small appliances, big appliances, you name it. She talks about it. And she's done her research. She knows answers to what's the most accessible air fryer to Instapot to... Uh, bullet to you name it she she knows her appliances i think she's got 10 of each <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i don't know if she has room for all of them. i don't play, either she's got to have a big
4: house <laughs> but she does know her appliances they yeah. they don't do they don't cook on that call they just talk about how to use the devices and which ones are accessible and which ones are good and mm-hmm. which one she doesn't recommend and which one she does and So yeah, the opposite week of my call is hers. And it's a really good call. I go when I can. Yeah,
2: all right. Well, thanks Sheila for that. Um, So um, we have so many other different kinds of calls that we do on community. We have uh, technology calls. We have one called uh, the basic iPhone class, and that meets,
4: Whoa. Every other Saturday.
2: Yeah, but which ones? Um, it was just last night. It was just it? last night,
4: so it would be uh, the first and third.
2: Yeah, first and third Saturdays of the month. And it, you, if you have any questions about using an iPhone, you can show up there, and uh, Pam, Coffee, and Andrea DeClatz will uh, answer your questions. And we also have one called Unmute Presents, which meets every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And Marty Sobo and and Michael Babcock uh, run that call. And you can ask questions about anything technological and they will help you out. They're both, they're great. And um, they started a podcast feed from that call called Unmute Presents. So, I do a call once a month on that, on that podcast feed, which is lots of fun, all things Alexa. And uh, so, yeah. And then we have um, a call called uh, Shell Classic 2 101. And I think Diane, is Diane Harms the facilitator no, for that uh, one, Diane.
12: I'm
6: pointing
12: on a lesson. Duchar, there is,
2: is it Ducharme? Okay. Yes. Sorry. I couldn't remember which one. <laughs> oh, there's so many Diane's. Okay. Diane Ducharme, Yeah. And that meets um, every Monday, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 1 yep. p.m. Mm-hmm. And that's all about the Blind Shell Classic phone, which is very cool as an alternative to a smart device phone. And <clears throat> we have a couple of Mac classes. Uh, Apple Bites. Uh, when does that one meet? I think
4: it's on Apple. Tuesdays. Every other Tuesday or something.
2: Every other Tuesday. Yeah. At at uh, 8 p.m. I think. Right, mm-hmm.
6: Belle? Yep.
2: Yeah. I wish I could have invited every facilitator on here to talk about their calls, <laughs> <laughs> but I we just didn't have time. Um, and also Let's Talk Mac, which is uh, Thursdays at 5 p.m right
6: Mm -hmm. okay
2: and then we are so blessed to have vispero um come in and do a call for us once a week on thursdays at 3 p.m eastern and they talk all about jaws and the different ways you can use use jaws and my goodness i'll tell you Jaws is getting more and more complicated all the time, but <laughs> but more and more able to be used by different programs, which is very, very cool. Um, and we also have main menu live, which That's where we got the interview with Be My Eyes from. And they meet once a month, uh, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. And that's sponsored by the Information Access Committee. And uh, they have different topics that they talk about and bring in speakers on different uh, aspects of technology. Gosh. Um, We have health and wellness calls and... We have lots of exercise calls that are sponsored by our Get Up and Get Moving campaign. And Leslie Spoon teaches a call every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, Let's see, Mondays is a yoga class from at starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mondays and uh, Mondays is, uh, Arm, mm, Easy, what chair is yoga.
3: Easy chair.
2: <laughs> I wanted to say armchair yoga. No. <laughs> Easy. chair. Yoga. <laughs> and Wednesdays is a yoga with the resistance ball. Tuesdays and Thursdays is uh, resistance 101. And that's where she teaches you how to use uh, resistance bands and weights for your upper body mostly. And uh, Fridays at 3 30 PM is uh, happy hour cardio and she also does um oh let's see
6: the circuit circuit,
2: circuit training yeah. exercise yeah and is that
6: what, what night is that that's Belle? on the first monday night at seven thirty. yeah okay and then we also have um she does gentle uh-huh i was gonna say she also does um she just started the happy hour cardio in the evenings on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. Fir- I believe the first uh, Thursday at 730. Wow, mm-hmm.
2: that is awesome. Yeah, actually, yeah, she just started that. I think it's happened twice now or something like that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then there's gentle flow yoga. And that is, is that Wednesday afternoons?
6: Thursday, Tuesday. Thir- uh, Thursday. oh, my gosh. Oh, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Yeah.
2: At 2 p.m. And that is
6: lisa Booley who does that right that is uh blue yawning as christine and erica I, oh okay i don't the last thing yeah oops sorry
2: about that okay great so that i've heard that that is a very very cool uh call i have not been to that one yet but we have lots of uh health and wellness um we have oh my gosh uh health uh the one that's um, Tuesday, healthy living
5: encouragement.
2: (laughs) encouragement. Thank you. I knew I had you ladies for a reason. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Healthy living encouragement where you can, you know, go in and do like a little check in about how you're doing with your health and, and talk about different, uh, different topics related to, to health and wellness. Um, And gosh, I think that's all I can think of right now and we have oh my gosh so much um we only have one foreign language class right now and that is conversational french on tuesday evenings at 9 p.m um we have you know we some have a
6: Spanish edu- one coming up oh it is coming up mm-hmm. on starting wednesday at uh five.
2: Oh gosh i didn't see that okay mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. knew they were taking a break for a minute but
6: that's no, this, great this is a brand new one Okay, Mary Ward's doing that one. Oh, wonderful. All right. And then I
2: teach a class in learning how to use the abacus. We're almost through with our uh, class this time. This is the fourth time I've taught it. And it is the uh, I don't know. I can't keep track of when I teach these darn things.
12: (laughs) (laughs) First and and third,
1: first and third, first
2: and third (laughs) Tuesdays at two p.m. (laughs) and oh my gosh, there is just so much writing works wonders for all the people who want to become authors or or who are authors. They meet once a week Fridays at. 1 p.m. Eastern and just talk about a lot of really cool stuff and sometimes have authors on there uh, to talk to us. And let's see, we have lots of social calls. um, One every day, seven days a week at 11 a.m. They're named different things and uh, each present different topics that you can talk about. And then there are some during the week in the evenings, uh, and there's a sports call at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. Monday. 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 Okay, Monday. Right. JC's Corner Mondays at 2 p.m. where he uh, talks about different things. The Friendship Circle Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. Monday. You... Oh. Sorry, it used to be Wednesdays, Mondays at 6 p.m. Where we get together and go into breakout rooms so you get to know people better. Coffee Clatch is the same thing, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Breakout neighborhood Coffee Clatch, uh, go into um, breakout rooms. Oh my gosh, there, there's just so many. Um, I think what we'll do is like to finish this up, I know Anthony is going to be out of town uh, some more times, so maybe I can come back on and uh, and uh, finish this up. But um, for the time remaining, we can take a couple of questions from people in the audience, if anybody has any questions
4: been so long since they heard the instructions. They've probably forgotten how to raise their hand. Oh, no. i just either. I know.
6: <laughs> well, while, while they're they their hand. We got a hand. hand. Okay, go ahead. Courtney.
13: Courtney. Yeah. So um, I can't believe you forgot this one. Lucy. <laughs> see. Our music calls, our karaoke, our gospel singing, open mic night. Um or did I miss those? No, you no. You, no I, <laughs> I
2: I I just I hadn't gotten to them yet because
13: yeah. we just yeah, and yeah, you know, there are some um spiritual related calls such as ask the pastor and um the name of talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Gospel um, sing. Gospel sing. There was and the one that DJ let's does encourage each other with scripture. Oh, mm-hmm. you mean um message of uh, love. Message of, of love. Yeah, so those are just some that came to my mind. And the Jewish and, hour. The Jewish hour, yes. Yeah. Um, and Lucy, just to since you jogged my memory, I'm going to jog yours just a little bit. If you have some time to talk about uh, volunteer recognition.
2: Oh, of course I do. First of all, uh, let me just say that if you would like to be subscribed to the community email group, then send a blank, email, not a blank, send an email to community at ACB.org. And tell them that's why you're emailing them and put your name and email address in the body of that email. And you'll get a schedule the night before of what's happening the next day in the community. And that's really the best way to find out about all of our cool stuff that's going on. And everyone who works uh, for community, except for ACV staff, uh, Natalie Couch and Cindy Hollis, are volunteers. All these people that put these calls on and the Zoom hosts and the Clubhouse moderators and the streamers, they're all volunteers. So uh, the community support committee, which I am the chair of and Courtney is a member of. Um, we started a volunteer recognition program in January. And I, we just felt that these people needed to be recognized for all of their hard work. And so um, between the first and 10th of every month, you can vote for your favorite volunteer for the previous month. So uh, if you would like to do that, send an email to acbcommunity.committee at gmail.com. And we will tabulate all those votes and announce the winner. Um, And yeah, so that is a very cool thing that we do. So we do have lots of other calls that I just don't have time to get to today. you ready for another hand yeah you
11: bet donna donna okay you forgot Tar Heel tailgate and um and um it's playtime um my question is if you're a very very beginner person in braille like i mean i know most of the alphabet but not all of it um how do you know which is the best um braille call to go through?
12: well any of them would be great. Um, sorry to step in there, Lucy. But no,
11: that's that's great.
12: Donna, come join us on a Sunday or Tuesday night if you want some like kind of individualized um, help figuring out where to go and stuff like that and how to progress with your Braille journey or just help with it that's 6 p.m eastern on sundays and tuesdays but we really on saturdays at 6 p.m eastern too all skill levels all learning levels are welcome i really try and make everyone in, feel included and nothing that's too above anybody's head or anything if you're just getting into it too
11: i had fun playing when y'all were, were doing uh, doing it with them i was sitting here yelling out what i did know i think i only missed one i was pr- uh of uh of uh, uh, one of them and I was so proud of myself
12: (laughs) awesome well done I love hearing that
11: yeah um and also um if you let's see if you could put out there um somewhere different places to get an abacus
2: well um join my call and I'll tell you
11: Ah. I can't because I'm at work
6: All right. Well, another hand. okay. Natalie, Natalie. All right. So, um, I have a question. Are you
11: going to ever redo your advocate abac- or start your abacus class over? Cause I was one of those that I never learned and I could never come to your call because I was working, but now I can at least listen <laughs> on ACB media. <laughs> so,
2: um, I'm sure I will. I might take a little break. Okay. Um, Because I've been doing it nonstop for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, but watch your schedule. No, (laughs) (laughs) you're funny.
11: (laughs) Maybe a little later in the day.
2: (laughs) Mm -mm. No, I really can't do that. Um, uh, Not on Tuesdays later in the day. No, (laughs)
4: that's
2: fine. Okay, anybody
4: else? Thank you. You yes, I think I renamed this person wrong. So you are the only person with the hand raised. So if you have your hand raised, go ahead and unmute and tell us who you are, please.
5: Hi, it's Wanda Sheila. Can you hear me? Oh, hey. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, real quick, I want to start my braille journey. And you had um, someone had mentioned earlier the braille on demand,
12: the dinosaur books that I would need to order mm-hmm. from NLS. Can you tell me the name of that book again? It is called Nothing Fits. A Dinosaur by Jonathan Fenske, BR number two four zero nine eight.
5: Thank you very much.
12: Yeah, come join us, too.
5: I will. I will. Thank you. All right. right, Miss Lucy, we are
2: out
4: of time.
2: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. This has been lots of fun. And... um, I I appreciate Anthony asking me to do this. And uh so yeah, I um I'm sure I will, you know, I will be more than more than happy to fill in whenever, you know, whenever he goes out of town. So thank you everyone for coming. Thank you, Belle, for being on with me. Uh Bryn, thank you so much. Sheila, thank you. Jane, everybody in Clubhouse. Oh my goodness, yeah, this has been great.
1: You've been listening to Sunday edition on ACB media stream one that's American council of the blind media or wherever you listen to your podcasts episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays and you can email us at Sunday edition AC all one word Sunday edition with the letters AC at gmail.com let's brunch again together next Sunday.